This is Ethan Siegel, and welcome back to the Starts With a Bang podcast. Ever since we realized that our own Milky Way was not the full extent of the universe, but that space was full of galaxies just like our own, some larger, some smaller, some spiral, some elliptical, and some irregular, we wondered to ourselves, how big is the observable universe, and how many galaxies are there present within it? Ever since we first uncovered the Big Bang origins of our universe, we knew immediately that the number of galaxies within our universe, as big of a number as it might be, had to be finite. Because the Big Bang occurred a certain amount of time ago, because there was a day before which there was no yesterday in the observable universe, we knew that even though light travels incredibly fast, If you take a look at the speed of light and have signals travel at that speed from the very moment of the Big Bang until the present day, there's going to be a finite volume of space and therefore a finite number of galaxies within that space that we're capable of detecting signals from. As large and powerful as our telescopes have gotten to be, the fact that we've gone to space and sent up telescopes many meters in diameter, the fact that we've looked at the same region of sky for hours or even days on end, still doesn't change the fact that any region of space we look at, any large number of galaxies we detect, is still only going to be a lower limit on what's out there in the universe, even if we extrapolate it to the whole sky. There are always going to be faint, diffuse, or distant objects that seem to be just beyond the reach of even our greatest technology. This is not a problem that's new to astronomers today. Edwin Hubble, the person who discovered the expanding universe and for whom the Hubble Space Telescope is named, knew this all the way back in 1953. In the final paragraph of his final published paper, Hubble himself said, From our home on the Earth, we look out into the distances to imagine the sort of world into which we are born. But with increasing distance, our knowledge fades, and fades rapidly, until at the last dim horizon, we search among ghostly errors of observations for landmarks that are scarcely more substantial. The search will continue. The urge is older than history. It is not satisfied, and it will not be suppressed. The simplest way to obtain a good lower limit on the number of galaxies in the universe would be to look at a large region of sky, as large as you could image with a telescope, and to image it for as long and as deeply as you could in a wide variety of filters. The nearby galaxies are going to emit most of their light in the visible part of the spectrum. By looking with simple optical telescopes, we should be able to detect them. 
as we look farther and farther away, we're not only going to need to gather more light to detect the same type of galaxy, because if it's twice as far away, we need to collect four times as much light to detect it, but because the light from it gets redshifted in the expanding universe. As the fabric of space itself expands, the wavelengths of the light, which were once fixed in the optical part of the spectrum, gets stretched as the fabric of space gets stretched. That if we look to distant enough galaxies, we shouldn't be able to see visible light any longer, but we'll need to go and find infrared light instead. In 1990, the Hubble Space Telescope was launched, and with it was launched cameras capable of detecting not only visible light, but also ultraviolet and near-infrared light as well. After the initial repairs were made to correct the defective primary mirror in 1993's servicing mission, a new view of the universe was opened up. Suddenly, astronomers had the most powerful tool available to them in all of human history at their disposal. But it was not only available to us to look out anywhere we liked in the universe, it was available from above the atmosphere. No longer was atmospheric extinction or turbulence something we needed to fight with, but we could look in wavelength ranges, like the infrared, that are notoriously difficult to observe from the ground. The gases in our atmosphere can absorb much of this light, but from above the atmosphere, in space, we could look at whatever we wanted in whatever wavelengths we wanted without having to worry about that distraction. With the greatest ever optical systems and observing power at its disposal, a very unusual proposal was greenlit. A team was going to point Hubble at a patch of sky without a genuine bona fide observing target. Rather than observe a planet, star, nebula, cluster, or galaxy, Hubble was going to observe the black void of empty space. By pointing at a patch of sky with nothing in it at all, no bright stars, no known gas clouds, no nebulae, no known galaxies, no clusters, astronomers were hoping to find out whether empty space was truly empty or whether, as the Big Bang and the cosmological principle predicted, a plethora of galaxies was out there just waiting to be revealed to us. From high above the atmosphere in low Earth orbit, the Hubble Space Telescope orbits our planet approximately once every 90 minutes or around 18 times per day. What this observing proposal did was get a total of 342 cycles, where each cycle is half in orbit, imaging the same exact patch of sky over and over and over in a variety of filters, from blue to yellow to red to infrared light. And what they did was collecting one photon at a time from any location in that field, it would store it and it would add it up. What would it wind up seeing? Would it wind up seeing nothing at all? Would it wind up seeing something that was the equivalent of just noise, where all you got was an image that didn't show you anything in particular? Or, for the first time, would it reveal the distant, previously unseen universe and show it to be full of galaxies? After a total of nearly 10 days worth of light had been gathered, they composited the image 
released it to the world, and showed everyone for the first time the Hubble deep field of the universe. From this small, narrow region of space, a total of around 3,000 new galaxies were discovered. And what this did was open up the potential to realize that, yes, not only is the universe full of literally billions and billions of galaxies, but that this was just a lower limit. If you take this tiny, small region of space and extrapolate what you found there over the entire region of sky, that would be a way to estimate how many galaxies there are within the observable universe. The original Hubble Deep Field was not only such a resounding success for astronomers, showing us for the first time what was actually out there in the deep distant universe, but for the general public as well, who saw for the first time that the universe is full of stars and galaxies, full of unknown mysteries for us to explore, that it's no wonder that a series of follow-up images were taken. With the newest cameras installed on Hubble, we were able to go even deeper. We were able to get longer observing times. We were able to have granted to us wider fields of views in both hemispheres, the northern and southern skies. And we were able to see that, yes, the universe is full of these distant galaxies everywhere we look, in all directions, and in the same tremendous great numbers. The current record holder for the deepest view in the universe was taken in a series of observations that was released in 2012, the Hubble Extreme Deep Field. By looking at a small, narrow region of space that it would take 32 million of them to fill the entire sky, a total of 23 days of observations was taken in not only the visible and near-infrared portion of the spectrum, but all the way out to a wavelength as distant as 1,600 nanometers, more than double the longest wavelength that the human eye could see. After these 23 days of observations were all added up and every galaxy that was counted in there was assigned and identified and given a number, we found 5,500 galaxies in that tiny, narrow region of space. If you were extrapolating that over the entire night sky, over the entire visible universe, you would find that the observable universe contained 170 billion galaxies. And yet that itself was just a lower limit. Those are only the galaxies that the Hubble Space Telescope, with its current technology, with the amount of observing time we put into it, was able to reveal. It was conceivable that even more galaxies would be out there, that we just haven't discovered them yet. With all the data that was taken of this region, not just by Hubble, but by other observatories, such as ground-based observatories like the Keck Telescope or space-based infrared observatories like Spitzer, we were able to not only tell how many galaxies they are and where they're located, but to give them a redshift to identify at what distance from Earth, how far back in time are we looking when we see them? With that extra piece of information, we can not only construct 
an estimate for how many galaxies there are in the universe, but we can identify within this slice of the universe, within this narrow strip where we're looking, how far away are these galaxies. We can construct a true 3D map of the galaxies in this part of the universe. In other words, we're not just seeing a snapshot of the night sky. We're not just seeing a snapshot of a portion of the universe. We're seeing galaxies as they are nearby and at an intermediate distance away and at a far distance away and at an ultra distance away. But even with all of that, we're still only seeing the galaxies that are easiest to see. Nearby, galaxies tend to be big and bright, but the small faint ones, they show up as well. They're easy to see when you're looking with an incredibly powerful telescope like Hubble. When you head to intermediate distances, you see a few things that you would expect. You see galaxies that tend to be a little bit smaller in size because fewer mergers have occurred because there's been less time for them to occur. You also see greater numbers of galaxies because you're exploring a larger volume of the universe when you look farther away than you do close by. Just like if you held out a cone because that's the shape at which you look, the farther parts of the cone where the cone spreads out have more volume inside of them than the nearer parts. But then, as you look farther and farther away, as you look to these greater distances, yes, you see lots of galaxies, you find that they're bright, you find that they're small, but you find that you're seeing fewer and fewer numbers of them. And that isn't because there are fewer galaxies out there. In fact, we expect them to be more in number. What we're seeing, though, is an artifact of the fact that as we go to these greater distances, we're only seeing the brightest galaxies. We're only seeing the objects that are easiest to see. Astronomy is an inherently biased science. We are biased towards the objects that are easiest to see. The faint, small, distant objects that have their light redshifted severely are the ones that we know the Hubble Space Telescope, even with all the time and all the technology we've put into it, are still missing. Earlier this month, October of 2016, a team of international scientists led by Christopher Consolice of the University of Nottingham did the exact analysis that you would hope they would do to arrive at the first accurate, robust estimate of the number of galaxies in the universe. By taking the deepest galaxy surveys we have from Hubble, not only from the extreme deep field, but by the other extremely deep surveys that Hubble has done, and analyzing where are the galaxies that it finds? What are the redshifts that they occur at? How large are they? And how do we expect galaxies to have formed stars, to have merged, and to have grown over time, consistent with what we see? If we were to take all of that information and make a real robust estimate for how many galaxies there are, not only in this slice of space that we're observing, but to extrapolate that over the entire sky, what number would we arrive at? What they found was simultaneously wonderful and humbling. 
that as great as the Hubble Space Telescope is, and as great as these distant images of the universe are, it only directly observed less than 10% of what we believe is out there. Instead of 170 billion galaxies in the observable universe, there are likely more than 2 trillion. That's a 2 with 12 zeros after it. That's 2 million million galaxies. Each one of them contains an average of 100 billion stars or so, meaning that the average galaxy in the universe is only a little bit smaller than the Milky Way, which is even more remarkable when you consider that the more distant universe has the greatest numbers and densities of galaxies, and that these galaxies on average are much smaller than the Milky Way. The greatest numbers of galaxies, in other words, are both ultra-distant and ultra-faint. And this is why surveys such as the Hubble Deep Field, the Ultra Deep Field, and even the Extreme Deep Field have not been able to turn them up. The reason there are more galaxies in the ultra-distant universe is because we're looking back into the past, when galaxies were smaller, younger, and hadn't had the opportunity to merge into the giant behemoths that they are today. We have hints of this continuing even into the future, as all the simulations of our local group show that not only the large galaxies like the Milky Way and Andromeda will merge together, but that over enough time, all of the 60 or so dwarf galaxies in the local group will fall in as well, producing one giant elliptical galaxy. This has happened to the universe over time, that in the very early stages, we formed the first galaxies, and then they merged together over billions of years, resulting in fewer and fewer numbers of them, but of larger and more massive sizes. Right now, there are around 2 trillion galaxies in the universe, according to our best estimates. And with the launch of James Webb Space Telescope anticipated for 2018, we're expecting to have our first direct views of these previously invisible galaxies. For the first time in just two years, we'll be able to observe the missing galaxies in the universe. The Starts With a Bang podcast is made possible by the generous donation of our Patreon supporters. I'd like to thank everyone donating at the $5 and above per month level, including Bakhtiar, Kathy Reese, Robert J. Hansen, Thomas Sola, Denier, Igor Mitrofanov, Jeroen Van Rin, Marcelo Barnaba, Jason Besanseni, Nick Tomlinson, Rafal Wojcik, Pedro Texera, Brian Terry, Danny, Denise Arnaud, Alexander Marius, Gaijin, Bob Wilson, Adam Rabung, Andrew Douglas, Chris Hilly, Weller Tractor Salvage, Patrick Dennis, Joel Baxter, Chris Shaw, Radek Nesbida, Ian Lamb, James Nance, Joe McFarland, Richard Jousey, Amira Sosnick, Rachel Merritt, Mark Bradshaw, Michael Mason, Sidney Atwood, Christopher Wetmore, Willie Keplinger, Jose Enrique, Harry Plumley, John Mithot, Nathan Hanna, Thomas All, Glenn McDavid, Benjamin Turner, David Taschioni, Joe Latone, Philip Radilovic, DGE, John Seal, Nathan Heston, Braxton Thomason, Karen Garrison, and Zarko Apachik. Thanks for your support and thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I'll see you next time here on Starts with a Bang. <laughs>